This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with AEBN co-founder Jay Stroud. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce the launch of our new website, Adult Site Broker 3.0, at adultsitebroker.com. The look and feel of the new site is nice and up-to-date and easier to navigate. The new site also has links to our affiliate program, ASB Cash, and our new blog. Speaking of ASB Cash, we've doubled our affiliate payouts. That's right. Now when you refer sellers or buyers to us at Adult Site Broker, you're going to receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. You can either place a link to us on your site or refer buyers and sellers through an email introduction. ASB Cash is the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. Check out asbcash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to present a one-of-a-kind, unique, and legendary site. It's a pro-amateur ethnic reality site founded in 2005. The site is styled after popular late-night variety shows such as The Tonight Show. Viewers never know what to expect. With a variety of different performers from brand new amateur talents to famous porn stars. There's no other website quite like it. The site continues to grow and expand with no major competitors in this niche. What makes it unique is their 100% original content that has uncensored and unscripted reality TV style scenes. They let the performers be themselves while having fun filming. Their video trailers are short webisodes that engage the viewers and are immensely popular online. Almost all the traffic is organic with some affiliate traffic. It runs on a custom-built script which has been maintained and updated. The site gets about 20 joins and 40 rebuilds a day. This iconic site is available for only $1.4 million. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Jay Stroud, CEO of AEBN. That's a lot of letters. Jay, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor, sir. Jay was born and raised in North Carolina, where he still lives. You will hear the accent uh, from an early <laughs> age. <laughs> he likes that. From an early age, he had a fascination with the utilization of the technology in innovative ways to communicate and produce art. Initially, it was 3D holography. And later, in the late 80s and 90s, he was an avid follower of the evolution of VR. Didn't know it went back that far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he studied at the Savannah College of Art and Design, where he was introduced to video editing and various 3D animation and graphic design applications. And finally, the internet, which helped drive the inception <laughs> of AEBN. He took a job at a web design company in Charlotte, and one night at a local gentleman's club, 
been to a few of those myself with some friends. How <laughs> oh, come on? Let's say a titty bar with some I'm friends. Right, they, right? they determined they should start creating adult entertainment websites as a side business. The next day, he did some research and connected with a local guy who was selling VHS tapes via a mail order site. Yes, that's the way it always starts, Jay. Yeah, he <laughs> started working with him in the warehouse, filling the daily orders, and AEBN was born a few years later. During his web design, uh, using his web design background and experience working with video, he began researching and testing web video and streaming technologies. Of course, at the time, most adult sites were subscription-based image sites. Jay and his friends launched AEBN's pay-per-minute video streaming media in 1999, which started with only five people. Jay has worn many hats at AEBN. He's recently returned to attending industry events where we met in Prague. And as a co-founder, he finds himself stepping into the role of being the voice of AEBN after being behind the scenes for many years. Now, AEBN was formed in uh, 1999, has been an award-winning technology innovator and trusted distribution partner for the adult industry for over 20 years. AEBN was formed, as I said, in 1999. I'm repeating myself now. At the time, video streaming technology was still in its infancy, but the founders of AEBN immediately recognized the impact this technology could have on customers looking for an easy and discreet way to purchase adult content. In the weeks and months that followed, they developed and launched a unique adult video on-demand service that revolutionized content delivery. That pay-per-minute model became the blueprint for the entire industry, one that is still used today. Its flagship VOD site, AEBN.net, averages over 150 million unique visitors each month and reaches approximately 4% of the world's population every day. That's a mind-blower. It's also home to the world's largest adult library, housing over 100,000 adult titles from over 1,500 studios. So, Jay, I'm tired after yes, that. I'm ready for a nap. <laughs> you made it pretty through that pretty well. <laughs> yeah, and I edited what you gave me a lot. <laughs> Thank you. So, But that was all very important. So, Jay, when you started ABN, video streaming was something brand new. Uh, today, mm -hmm. it's obviously the standard, not only in adult, but in mainstream. Mm -hmm. Did you ever dream that what you were starting was truly revolutionary? Not at the time, to be perfectly honest. Um, hmm. For us, it was it was the challenge, you know, for, you know, the initial group of us. I mean, mm -hmm. I think probably, you know, a few of the people had an eye on what we were doing, but... Mm -hmm. From my perspective, it was really about digging into the technology. I've always been driven by trying to make things work that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you're a tech. Out of the box solution for. <laughs> right, right. When uh, my partner asked me, you know, he's like, we, how do we get these videos online? It's like, oh, well, let, let me do some checking and we will <laughs> figure out. And with a little bit of time and, uh, quite a bit of time and uh, mm. determination, we finally made it happen. Yeah. So you, you coded the whole thing yourself? No, I brought in a longtime friend of mine from, uh, we grew up together in high school mm -hmm. and he had been doing some uh, Y2K programming, uh, COBOL. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was much more oriented towards, uh, graphic design and right. video technologies mm -hmm. 
So I looked at my buddy and was like, you know, you would be, you have a great mind for database and backend programming. Mm-hmm. Come to the dark side. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take a whole lot of persuasion. Sure. Um, so he and I would just work in our garage, uh, you know, work on the technologies and the site and putting together a prototype. And yeah. uh, our other partner would, who was our front man at the time, I won't mention his name in case he no longer wants to be associated, but mm-hmm. you know, most everyone is familiar with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he'd bring the investors by our house and mm-hmm. we'd give them demos sitting there in the garage. It's that classic <laughs> tech story, I suppose. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Interesting. So what kind of challenges did you incur initially? I'd imagine with the internet still being quite slow, that it made what you were trying to do a little bit difficult. It was extremely so, um, mm. you know, I mean, initially there wasn't much of any streaming going on. There was a whole lot of MPEG-1 down, downloads or mm. slow feeds. Um, you know, I'd say the biggest hurdle we faced at, at the time, just in general, was that there were not a lot of ready-made apps or software that we sure. could use. Um, not only for the video, um, but for our data warehousing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, just anything we would do, we had to build it ourselves. Right. You, you had know? to create it. Sure. Yeah. I hear about a lot of the newer companies. They're like, oh, we're using this technology or this. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that, that just, that didn't exist Yeah, when we were coming up. You know, our content management system, mm-hmm. everything had to be custom rolled. Um, so that was, it was quite a project along the way. <laughs> you had to be the innovators. Indeed. <laughs> so you started with two friends and the company now has hundreds of employees. It kind of reminds me of companies, and you talked about this, like Apple or Microsoft's, Microsoft, I can say Microsoft, starting in their garage. What made you think this would work way back in 1999? Well, we knew that you know, people had an appetite for adult entertainment. I mean, we Mm -hmm. saw it and people were using the web for the mail order site and ordering DVDs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just occurred to us that, you know, that was around the time when the, uh, do you remember the old Sprint commercials, 10 cents Mm -hmm. a minute for long distance? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that fed into the, impetus that led to ABN. It's like, okay, well, if we could put the video up, what if we just let people buy minutes and use them wherever they want? You know, Mm -hmm. and we don't have to be necessarily behind a paywall. So, so people can actually see the library that we have, the quality of things we have Mm -hmm. before they have to give us any money. Things were kind of different back then. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. we're talking about coming from growing up without the internet and when phones plugged into the wall. So Mm -hmm. there was was a lot of stigma around the, you know, industry players and some of the Mm -hmm. tactics that were being used that were Mm -hmm. less than favorable for a great user experience, let's say. Right. Um, And, you know, part of our agenda was to set out changing those perceptions and perspectives. Mm-hmm. You guys obviously started the whole streaming thing and, and the 
the cost per minute, which is also used in in camming now as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> they've they've adopted that as well, and look look where that has gone. Amen. I mean, it's mm. huge. It's absolutely huge. So, how is AEBN different, not only from membership sites, but from tubes and other VOD sites? Well, we're we're kind of different, and we're a little bit like each one of those. Um, hmm. You know, we do have a clip site or tube style site, uh, Porno Tube, which was probably one of the first tube sites that was put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Initially, as I recall, it was an adjunct to an adult-themed community that we were building called X-Peeps, and then it just kind of blew into a user upload-type site. Um, Mm -hmm. Then we've we've taken it and and converted it into an ad-free, holistic representation of our actual product and we use it as an upsell right to upsell the movies and it's works great in that capacity so we've got you know we've got a little bit of tube site we've got uh we've got some subscription products uh Mm -hmm. you know we have some we'll put some older titles in for and give a a reasonable monthly subscription price and people Mm -hmm. will get uh unlimited streaming on these older titles. We also sure. give them a few uh, paper paper minute uh, to use on the premium VOD minutes. Um, mm-hmm. So we're a lot more like a, a, a hybrid type of model, uh, similar sure. to Amazon Prime, say. Yeah. You know. So how has VOD changed in the 23 years since you got started? Oh, well. Bandwidth and delivery technologies, codecs. <laughs> sure, it's it's come a long way. I mean, you know, I think when we were first starting out, God, I think I I remember arguing to increase our bit rates to two twenty five k because <laughs> cable modems could then support them. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, wow. So it's it's gone a long way from you know. Uh, you know, 180k bit rate to serving out, you know, UHD files now. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be a standard that everyone expects. Oh, now. absolutely. Now it's, I don't think anybody has any patience at all online anymore. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Buffering, you know, yeah. network issues. It just, it, people are, they don't have to deal with the same issues and you know the quality is just getting better and better as the codecs get better mm-hmm. encoding technologies and delivery technologies get better so i remember back then anytime you wanted to try to watch something the screen would come up and it would say uh, downloading you know and, yeah. <laughs> and you'd get the percentages and it would seem to take forever oh yeah that had to be a frustration for both you and your clients. Uh, well, we did streaming only. Uh, mm-hmm. We did not do progressive playback okay. at the time, which is where it would try to play. You know, when we got into the later versions of MPEG, it would try to progressive download while you were playing it back. Right. So we were before progressive playback really was a big thing. 
Right, but it also used to on on, th- on yeah. uh, technology like that, it would say loading with a percentage, yeah. or we'd get the buffering. Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Yeah, I I think of yeah. the internet net then with dial up, and I think of it today. I mean, even here in Thailand, I've got a gig down, and yeah. it's it's wicked fast. And there's there's companies offering two gigs, so it's yeah. Well, the technology's yeah. arrived. So. ABN invests a lot in collecting data, and you share much of this with the industry and the public. Mm-hmm. Why do you do this? We feel it's our obligation to. Uh, we were going through a couple of years ago, uh, one of my cohorts and I, and we were like, God, we're sitting on all this data, and we were trying to sift through it to find some anomalies, do some some research on our own, and we were like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I had. Uh, I had been on a crusade to provide better data to our content partners to assist hmm. them in make those that wanted to in sure. using the data to make educated decisions about things that were more successful on our platform. And that sort of reporting, you know, a, a lot of our content partners love it and they use it all the time. They can say, oh, this scene is why this movie made all these minutes. This scene, mm. did all the minutes in this movie, here's the actors, actresses, uh, metadata, sex acts, mm-hmm. everything that's in this scene. I should make more of that. Exactly. Um, yeah. So we're just trying to help give our partners a recipe for success. Mm-hmm. When I saw all this past data that we had collected, and that's you know, uh, you know, we decided that we should make it available to mm-hmm. the industry as a whole because there were, you know, there's several people that are uh, publishing similar types of data, but most of mm-hmm. it is based upon, you know, uh, free users, and yeah. we were our our numbers are based on porn consumers who pay for the product, which we yes. thought was in a useful data set to compare mm-hmm. against all the other data that was being published out there. Right. And, you know, some, I mean, we just found some really interesting anomalies that we want to dig into, get, you know, write some interesting articles, get people's feedback, make, mm-hmm. uh, make the data and ourselves available for, any, uh, you know, scholastic or, you know, uh, reporters covering the industry that want to write on the industry. Um, you know, we do have plans to expand, uh, access to that data so that people can potentially plug in different points and look Hmm. overlay and look at different trends. Right. where they might cross see one on the downside, one on the upside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we, it's, it's, it's a project that we found useful, you know, not only for ourselves, but figured the industry might find some use in it as well. So sure. we put it out there. I've had people say we should charge for it, but <laughs> it just doesn't seem right to me. I mean, you <laughs> know, uh, in my mind, we succeed together or, Right. Not, you know, I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. When you give things like that away, you get a lot more back. That's always been my business mm-hmm. philosophy. So along with that, you recently launched AEBNTrends.com. 
And I was looking at some of the articles. I see top selling trans stars of the third quarter, top selling porn stars and third quarter trends. Now, how important is this project to what you do at ABN? Well, that is that's the project I was I was referring to when we were mm-hmm. amassing, uh, you know, going through all that data and decided to make it publicly available. Right. Um, you know, we go through that data constantly anyway for our own benefit so that we're refreshing our site and being more accurate with, uh, you know, who are the top stars and mm-hmm. play, product placing the top selling scenes, movies, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but we figured once again, it would just be something that would be nice to put out to our industry peers right. uh, as an alternative to all the data on free porn sure. users. A lot more consumers. valuable. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're hoping that uh, it will become a much more interactive amongst our team and fun Mm -hmm. project to work on you know i mean we've seen some really strange anomalies and we've had some (laughs) some uh discussions and done some initial looks at like you know trends in uh uh uh, some of the fetish uh, categories during election years or (laughs) you know blue collar porn versus white collar porn you know and the because we've we've had some people, you know, we've seen where, you know, certain categories will be popular and, you know, we've had people go, oh, uh, it's always been big tit. Big tit for straight mm-hmm. is always the top. And we're like, no, nah, that doesn't sound right. And we, <laughs> I mean, not necessarily 25 years, yeah. uh, you know, looking week to week over the past five years, maybe it did look like that was the top category, but that mm-hmm. has not always been the case. Yeah. Which is why we publish our, you know, monthly uh, or quarterly uh, category mm-hmm. list and show the movement of the category, different categories on both the gay and straight side mm-hmm. uh, over time. So you can kind of begin to see what's rising or what's dropping off now. That wasn't a pun, was it? Could be. Yeah, you never know. You never know what's right. What's rising when we're talking about porn? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's always rising, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, data, big data, is has taken over the world. There's just no two ways about it. So yeah. having it an adult just makes absolutely perfect sense. Have you seen anything? Or does anything come to mind? You talked about anomalies. Does anything come to mind that you found particularly strange in the data that you've looked at? Oh gosh, I'd have to go back. I mean, anything. My notes. I mean, anything. Anything that stands out to you, right off the top of my head. um, One of the things I think that immediately springs to mind is the exponential growth of female viewers Hmm. and where they are watching. When we started in this kind of, pardon me if I go off on a tangent, um, you know, it, please. when we started this, you know, you, you know, when you come to our site, you know, it's broken up gay and straight, Yep. you know, and that was under, I've, I've gotten a lot of questions about that over the years, you know, why sure. aren't lesbians in the gay side and this and mm-hmm. the other, and, you know, it, back then it, our presumption and I think was pretty accurate was that the main consumer of porn on the internet were, were males yep. You know, at that point in time. And now we are seeing a 
huge explosion in female viewership and a lot of them watching on the gay side of our theater. Sure. They like good looking guys. Yeah. Good looking guys, less misogyny, you know, um, sure. Better, you know, it's, but it's been growing and growing at a rapid rate. And, uh, Oh, the trick is, uh, you know, how best to accommodate that demographic. Mm-hmm. Well, there there is a reasonable amount of porn for women now, and it seems to be growing. Mm-hmm. Um, Auntie Roundtree comes to mind with yep. her shush site. And there are some others that have just been phenomenal at creating porn for women. So mm-hmm. have you thought about having a porn for women section maybe a separate trans section, maybe changing it up so it isn't just gay and straight? We have. We have had many, many conversations about that, yeah. you know. And it's it's tricky, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Certain, you know, certain communities, my understanding, the gay guys don't want to look through a bunch of lesbians to find the content they're looking at. Right. Right. You know, so it's, you know, do you categorize for the consumer or the product itself? And there's a happy hmm. medium in there sure. in between. So we are always considering new options. You know, there have been there's always conversations about, you know, whether everything should be lumped into one. So it's, hmm. you know, more just here's your adult. Um, hmm. I don't think that our older demographic is quite ready for that the younger no. generation is much more accepting of you know different forms of sexuality than perhaps sure. the older demographic but the older demographic is you know they've got more disposable income sure. generally speaking mm-hmm. um so you know it's a it's a tricky road to walk oh i'm sure it is and let's face it and you know, and I, I bring this up a lot because I believe it a lot in our PC culture. Anything you do, you're going to piss somebody off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hear if you're not pissing somebody off, you're not doing it just you're right. Not being right? successful. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So you do a lot of partnerships in the form of licensing deals. How important is this to your business? Um, in what aspect are you speaking? Um, I well, mean, lic- we don't... We don't license a lot of content. Okay. Um, it's, well, I mean, uh, the, the licensing is the partnerships, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't license for exclusivity, I guess I should say. Right. Um, you oh, know, know. It's, a, it's a rev share. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, partnerships are everything, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, you know, they're what, back again to we succeed together yep. or fail together. I try to extend any help or goodwill I can to anyone in our industry that's a, a good player. Um, whether we're partners now or not, the more successful they are, the more successful I am. And that certainly holds true for our content and traffic partners as well. Sure. You know? sure. So we work very closely with both of them from both how we schedule content to go up so that it doesn't compete with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Us really focusing on content discoverability within our site, which I think is uh, a good thing for both our users and our content partners. If we can extend the 
life cycle, the long tail of mm -hmm. revenue generation on a piece of content. Our partners win. They're making every penny they possibly can. Yep. And our users win because they're discovering content they might not have found themselves. Mm -hmm. What kind of vetting process does a potential partner have to go through? Well, we look at content, obviously have, you know, mm -hmm. have, you know, preliminary talks with them, hammer out the percentages and splits and mm -hmm. get all the uh, corporate information. And then it's turned over to legal and the contracts are drawn up and everybody signs. Uh, I mean, it's nothing out of the ordinary or very complicated. Um, you know, it's not like we're vetting people that are direct, direct uploading to our site or anything. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. We just need to verify that they, they hold all the, proper licenses and mm -hmm. paperwork and they are who they say they are and the checks are going to go to the right spot. Are there, are there any, um, are there any potential partners you won't accept? Um, I mean, does anybody get, does well, anybody get turned down? Not that I am aware of unless they're just a bad actor or mm -hmm. there is something really off with the content. Okay. You know, I mean, obviously we don't want to carry any content that is, would get us or anyone else in any type of legal issues. Sure. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, makes sense. always there. Yes. You know, it's for everyone's best interest. Yep. You come from a tech background and design background. How does that give you an edge as a company owner and CEO? Um, uh, well, I'm CSO. Uh, <laughs> I don't ah. want to steal anyone else's thunder there, but uh, what does what does CSO stand for? It's a new uh, one on me. Uh, yeah, uh, stra uh, Chief Strategy Officer, I suppose. Ah, uh, okay. You know, I've okay. kind of been the man behind the curtain, trying to drive along the way, remaining incognito. But uh, I guess all that's come to an end now, officially. <laughs> Okay. Um, you know, I think it, it just gives me a, a good language to be able to communicate with my UX and UI designers, mm -hmm. uh, ideas from a user perspective to make the site more engaging, et cetera. And of course, I'm always looking at new technologies to implement and I mm -hmm. usually bring them up way sure. too early. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It excites me, but it's not ready for public yet. So, you know. I get it. Well, for someone who's been on the VR train for as long as you have, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Hacking Nintendo power gloves. And <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your What's your take on where VR is at now? It's nice to see it. I mean, you know, I, I was, I follow, like, like you mentioned in the intro, I followed VR way, way back when, mm -hmm. you know, it was well out of consumer hands, but it just, it mm -hmm. fascinated me. The, the ability to be able to create completely immersive environments. And mm -hmm. you know, I'm pretty impressed by what I've seen nowadays. And now mm -hmm. that, you know, the, hardware is becoming more affordable and more accessible to, you know, the common consumer. Uh, right. I, that was, that's the tipping point that we've, you know, VR has needed for a long time, you know? Yes. 
Yeah, because without because without the hardware, uh, the software doesn't really matter. Yeah, and uh, that immersive experience is unlike anything else. I mean, yeah. it really is impressive. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to to when they bring it to sports. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you told me you're a you're a racing fan and and performer, or rather uh, rather participant. Boy, I bet that would be fun. Oh yeah, yep. That was one of the first things when I got my uh, Oculus was uh, showed my mom one of the uh, ride along in a Formula One car, uh, oh, you know, IMSA car, and uh, she put that thing on. Was just like, oh my god, this is amazing! You need to get me one of these things for when I'm when you put me in the old folks' home. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I didn't show her any porn, but you know, <laughs> here's hoping she's well, well aware of of you know what you do what i do so yeah <laughs> i would hope so by now it would be kind of hard to hide it at this point yeah what's your take on the latest assault on our industry from the anti-porn crusaders and their religious groups that are connected to them um initially uh, i would i would have to say it just kind of saddens me hmm. you know i mean there's this has been going on forever, but you know it, it. It seems frustrating that there's you know parties on two sides, and we're there's smart people on both sides that could figure out a solution. But when mm -hmm. one side's only acceptable outcome is the complete eradication of the other party, yeah. It, how do you find common ground to sit down? and have a discussion about how do we coexist? Yeah. You know, what can we do? You know, I mean, there are not everyone in this industry is a bad apple just looking to take advantage and convert children and all the other yeah. horrible things that they say about us. I think there's a lot of misinformation and the press takes what they can because it's sensationalized and that sells more. And, but we've, we've really got to find some way to begin to steer a new narrative um, mm -hmm. and try and not meet those people halfway, but, you know, dispel some of the misperceptions at, at, at a minimum. Well, one of, well, one of the parties are the ones that are, delivering the vast majority of the assault and the other party is sitting on their hands. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if we could find a way to come together as a community and, mm -hmm. you know, one of the, one of the things that I've been churning over in my head is, is, you know, is there something that we can do? That, that shows that we're making a conscious eff effort. No, we're not sex traffickers and pedophiles yep. yeah. and the lowest of low human beings. We're just people making right. a living. And, some of the coolest people you know, in the world. We both know that. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the best people I have ever met in oh, my life. Far. And I'm not much of a people person have <laughs> been in this industry, you yeah. know, um, friends that I'll have for the rest of my life. Indeed. However long or short that may be. Um, yeah, I've made a lot more friends in my 20 plus years in this business than I ever did in my 21 years in radio. 
Amen. Yeah, yeah. There are some great, wonderful people here, and yep, it pains me that we're all painted in a bad light because of a few bad choices mm-hmm. or l- lack of foresight. You know, I mean, obviously, there's bad actors in every industry. Indeed, they're everywhere. You know, um, but. As a whole, generally, we, you know, this industry doesn't support that. And they're painting us with a a big brush that is false and inaccurate. And well, we're low hanging fruit. Yeah. I wish I had an answer for that. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's just, let's just hope we come out well on the other end. So there's been a lot of change in the industry in all the years you've been in the business. Now, about a decade ago, or maybe a little longer, the tube sites really changed the landscape. Not necessarily (laughs) talking about legal tubes like yours, but just tubes in general, which many of Mm -hmm. which are not legal. Now, at that time, many people freaked out. They all were like, the sky is falling. Yet the adult industry marches on. Uh, What's your feeling on that subject? Well, I mean, you know, there's good and bad aspects all all the way around. I mean, you know, um, I'm somewhat... I have some concerns on the one hand, uh, you know, about training a younger generation to expect that everything's free. I don't think that's <laughs> only the case with porn. No, but as it's not. No, you know, I mean, the younger generation doesn't have as much disposable income. I mean, yeah. you know, remember, remember Napster. <laughs> you know, when everybody was yes downloading downloading uh, music until. Apple came along and went, you know what, here, we're going to break it up and sell songs. You, you get something yes. for a known bar of quality that you don't have to scour around in a bunch of questionable sites to get. Sure. It's at a reasonable price at a Bunk certain a time in your life. Yep. You're, you, you realize that your time is worth money. And sure. if you know there's a quality product at a reasonable price, people will pay for it. Sure. The trick, I think, is is creating a a seamless and smooth pass path to transition a free user into a paid user. Yes, yes, um, abs- absolutely. Which we're starting to get a handle on how to do fairly effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd... so most recently, fan and clip sites have taken a large percentage of the adult mm-hmm. industry market while they've obviously created a market of their own. There's more eyes now. How has this impacted your business and where do you see this going? Um, well, we've, uh, you know, we've got a few relationships with a couple of cam companies and a couple of white labels and they've been good for us. Um, mm. We are really looking to help foster that uh, you know, it's an adapt or die. Um, yes. You know, uh, we would like to start supporting uh, the as the performer creators. Um, mm-hmm. They have followings. They're creating content. You sure. know, we 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 don't want to compete with their main platforms. But you know, I mean, if I, I think in a talk in Miami, I I, I told some of the uh, content creators just like you know diversify. Mm-hmm. Don't think that OnlyFans or one of these other uh, sites yeah. is, if you put your content there, You're everyone's done. seen it. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. which, you, you know, you need to generate the maximum revenue from mm -hmm. your major asset, which is your content. Correct. So figure out what your, your best performing platform is release on that just before it's the peak starts to tail off, window it out, release on another platform, ride that high Good strategy. And, and make that con continue to do that. Mm -hmm. So you can squeeze everything you can out of each individual piece of content and hmm. not be under the gun to continually create content. Makes um, sense. You know, so we we would like to be one of those uh, distribution platforms for mm -hmm. those girls and it, girls and guys, pardon me. Um, right. And help them generate additional revenue, um, you know, for the more pro performers that have mm -hmm. done studio work uh we're creating the ability for them to be able to sell their home curated or created content right beside all their studio content um you know where else can somebody go and see all of that content right there that's true know, together in one place mm -hmm. and very sell. true and we would uh incorporate the girls uh and guys performers pardon me uh <laughs> as potential affiliates so if you were to drive traffic to your page you know you get a piece of everything within our system that huh. that user bought whether they That's went awesome. and looked at another girl's content or watched uh performer studio content mm -hmm. you know i mean these these performers they got paid once for making this video. Now they can get paid again and again and again. Every time somebody watches the title, mm -hmm. uh, if they bring us the traffic. Sure. So, so what, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just gonna say, I think it's just a matter of adapting. You know, I mean, we're in the business of selling video. They're creating video. Uh, we want to sell it for them. Absolutely. So where do you see this industry going in the future? And you've always been ahead of the curve. So I kind of wanted you to look into your crystal ball and give, oh. me, your, <laughs> give me your take. Gosh, um, that is really hard. That, that, I th that's the curveball. Um, <laughs> 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 I wish I could see that far out. I, I, I'm so focused on, you know, trying to adapt to the, content creator model creator content mm -hmm. right now that's really one of the places i'm putting uh, a lot of emphasis on because they are the new affiliates the new content the new studios mm -hmm. um and we need to foster relationships absolutely um you know uh just you know, for me right now, it's it's building out better user experience, uh, things, features that will be more engaging to our users and mm. facilitate better information and ways to onboard different types of content onto our platform, be it, you know, uh, content creators selling photo sets or mm -hmm. their home shot video clips or right audio or anything um hmm. well, it sounds, sounds like quite a task yeah it's in it, you know it's it's really hard 
to venture to guess uh, what it will be in the future, um, you know, uh, with AI and machine learning and, yeah. you know, blockchain technologies. Yeah. I mean, when, think about it, when a user has control over their own personal data and can be in charge of who gets that data and maintain mm -hmm. a single login on a thumb drive that yeah. works across all their sites. I mean, right. I think there's a lot of technology coming up in, uh, you know, with the web 3.0 initiative sure. that I think will have huge ramifications, you know, between that and cryptocurrency and the banking issues that we're facing now. Yes. Um, I say now, like it's a new thing. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, it, it, but it has been worse lately. It has been worse lately, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean it. It seems to it seems to go in cycles, right? You know, I mean, every what, sure. maybe six years. You know, it's it's the the uh, uh, verification age verification from the UK. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not opposed to any of these things as long no. as they're thought out and implemented correctly. Well, that's where uh, that's that's where you're probably wrong because you know governments never politicians don't don't think things out. No, they don't. So you know the onus eventually will fall on us to come of up course. with a proper solution. Right. You know, I think you know every every time it reaches you know chaos reaches critical mass it's an opportunity to innovate yeah and i i totally believe that the adult industry is blowing it because as a whole the adult industry should get together and adopt a universal age verification system before the governments do yeah well and part of the problem is you know yeah every government be it a state government or or you know, Country. nation. Yeah. It's if we are reactive and wait until they're pat, you know, they start passing them, it's going to be impossible to contend with. Correct. You know, um, well, the UK again, can't make up their mind. <laughs> I know. It's I know. on, it's not, it's on, it's not, it's on, it's not. And these poor people with these age, age verification companies, they've had so many false starts, it's not even funny. Oh, oh, I know. I, I can't tell you for me to go back to my development team and go, oh, I've got another one. They, they chase me out, tar and feather me. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I because, I, you know, I, I would like to stay ahead of it. And, of course. and, you know, we always we've always strived to do the right thing, to stay in the good graces. You know, um, like I said, yeah part of our process, you know, we have sure. at least five stages of QC human eyeballs looking at content before mm -hmm. it ever goes on our site. You Good. know, a lot of that is to make sure that it, it, you know, there's no audio video glitching, you know, but mm -hmm. we're also looking for things that might be in there that might yeah. not be defensible. Exactly. You know, we don't deal with user uploads Primarily, mostly, right. uh, you know, it, we're dealing with studios and brokers at the moment. So, mm. you know, it's not like they're suspect or we don't trust them, you know. So it is more of a quality check, but it's mm -hmm. also a cover your ass. Step. Big time. That, well, that's my answer to the vetting question, by the way. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> Just took a little while. So besides catering more to the performers, anything else exciting coming up at ABN that we should know about? Oh, um, you know, uh, evolving out the trends. Um, and mm-hmm. we are always happy to, if people have questions or anything that's they might be interested in, we are always happy to do a deeper dive and mm-hmm. help people out. Um, you know, uh, really for us, you know, one of the main focuses is going to be on really using uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning to enhance the user experience mm-hmm. right now to know what content users like and be able to put that in front of them or sure. know what they don't like and suppress that somewhat give them the most applicable recommendations. Right. Uh, no, no lesbians for the gay men. Right. You know, or customized <laughs> promotions, you know, this yeah. guy likes buying downloads um, and he loves this company. Let's reward mm-hmm. him and give him a, uh, you know, promo code for a 20% discount on his next download from this studio or yeah. uh, cool. you know, really uh, personalization right now is one of my, big priorities at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. It's no small task, but you know, no. <laughs> it's not, it sounds like when you uh, get it going, it's going to be really fantastic for everybody. Yeah. Well, I think so. I think it'll help everyone involved. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it helps the consumer find the product that they're looking for mm-hmm. the easiest to discover content that's, right. That they might be looking for, which helps our content partners. And Mm. it's the way things are going now. You know, we're just going to try not to be Netflix and move major UI elements around so Mm. no one knows where to find their list. But, you know, that's always helpful. (laughs) It's like many websites, and I complain about it all the time. I, and when I'm doing my, Broker tips, one of the things I say is do not just tell your designer or your developer, put together a website for me and not give them any direction because, Mm -mm. oh my God, what comes out the other end? And this is with big sites. You mentioned Netflix. Mm -hmm. They need direction. Yep. Well, and that's one of the things back to uh, one of your original questions, I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, really helps in my conversations with my teams as right. that's one of the, one of the few meetings I have every week that I look forward to more than others mm-hmm. is the interaction with my uh, creative department and my UI UX sure. people after a million years of art school, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of know how to speak the language of the creatives and, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it's really a nice, refreshing brainstorming session and exchange of ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. One one last question: How sure. do you still have the passion for this after over two decades? Um, because there's so much to do. There's hmm. so many challenges. Yeah. I mean, so many of the things that we talked about now. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, there's so many things I want to do with our site. You know yeah. the the AI personalization, um, facilitating, you know, like I said, better data and information for our partners to mm-hmm. consume. 
um, ways that they can create comps based on scenes that are already existing in our library without having to go back and re-edit and make another box cover and mm. send us another comp that we have to encode and double store content we already have, things yeah. like that, you know, and not to mention this issue with the stigma around adult. I mean, I, yeah. I would love to see our community, our industry come together and have real intelligent conversations about how we might deal with this. Uh, yeah. I wish I had the answer, but I think, well, as a, the thought, writing, Jay, I, as a thought leader, in the industry, maybe you need to make the suggestion at a major trade show to have that conversation. I have. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Should have yeah. figured. I've been, I, I, I've been talking to uh, to free speech about trying to facilitate mm -hmm. something like yeah. that. Uh, I think they're probably in the best situation to facilitate those discussions and so. steer the narratives uh, in the public eye. Sure. You know, um, but we all have to come together, have amicable and intelligent conversations with each other. Yes. Without accusations or pointing fingers and figure out a way forward for the bulk of us. You know, mm -hmm. nobody has to get on board, but right. those that do uh, should be able to say, you know, look, I'm participating. I want to follow best practices. I, you know, Absolutely. we don't support the same uh, many of the same things that you don't support we you know mm -hmm. we're not sex traffickers we're not pedophiles yeah. we're not trying to taint your children um you know uh we're just people trying to make a living it's not exactly. going to go away you're not going to you know exterminate adult entertainment from the face of the earth nope. so how do we move forward Anyway, the kids are already tainted, so it's too late. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just just are. look at social media. <laughs> oh, God, that's the most evil thing on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Well, Jay, I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Save Broker Talk, and I hope we'll get a chance to do this again soon. Thank you so much for having me and giving me this opportunity, and I look forward to seeing you and speaking with you again soon. I hope so. My broker tip today is part seven of how to buy an adult website. Last week, we talked about the agreement and escrow. So now you own the website. What do you do now? The first thing you should do is make sure you understand everything about the operation of the site. The previous owner will hopefully be available for a period of time to help you with this. As I mentioned last week, you should establish what the former owner's participation will be after the sale. You'll need to deal with production of new content, processing, paying affiliates, and many other things. If you don't have experience in these areas, you may want to consider our general consulting firm, Adult Business Consulting. You can get more information on what this company does at adultbusinessconsulting.com. We help website owners project manage and guide them to the right vendors. Maybe the previous owner had all the right elements, processing, hosting, payments, production, scripts, etc., or maybe they didn't. We can help evaluate that for you. Let us know if we can help. Anyway, you'll now be operating the website. 
If you don't have someone like our general consulting company to help, evaluate all of those items and everything the site is spending money on and using to operate the site. Make sure you're getting a good deal and that these companies are providing the right service and check to see if you can do better. Hosting is a great example on something where people are often both overpaying and not getting the right service. Many times the server is just too slow. If you have any questions about this, feel free to reach out to us on our site. Next week, we'll talk about how to sell a website. And next week, we'll be speaking with Jay Moyes of High Octane Heart Media and PR. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Jay Stroud. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.